0: is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers.
1: Turn, hands off to Miller, hit the backfield and grill Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship.
0: Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour.
1: right three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. And it!
2: Under Duns and one! Exclamation point! Pop the
0: brakes. Now, your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and Sports Director Caleb Henry.
1: Good Saturday morning. At least that's what I believe Cole normally says. He is out. He is coaching. I think he's got to go qualify his uh, his youth team for the Europa League.
2: Is that how it works?
1: Uh, that's how it works. That's, that's that next level of qualification. <laughs> I mean... You get barked. Hey, By the way, wh- that, that's Matt McMaster.
2: That, that is me. I am him. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> how are we doing? <laughs> it is a it is a good Saturday morning. It is a Saturday morning. It's I don't know.
1: You and I wake up very different.
2: We do. We do. I mean, if anyone... <laughs> it It is a very well-known thing at this point at KLIN that I just don't wake up good at all. And if I do get up, it's not... Not ideal, but I'm here. I'm here. Looking through your Twitter, I have so much power right now.
1: You do. I should not leave myself logged in on that. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Um, This is great. We got a fun show for you guys today, obviously talking a bunch of Huskers coming up. Uh, This segment, we're going to get into some volleyball. Matt McMaster watched a match. I did. Uh, a big development. We're going to get a breakdown from him as someone who just... Nothing against Matt, just doesn't really know the sport because, at all. So
2: remotely, I don't know why you want to break down for me. No, but, I do, just because okay.
1: it's so it's going to be so different. Getting a, a different set of eyes. Um, got some basketball exhibitions. Men played um, last week. They'll play again tomorrow. Women play tomorrow as well. We'll get into that at nine fifteen. Bottom of the hour. Mike Cagley from Illini Guys and Big Sports. Radio. You can hear actually Big Sports Radio right here on KLIN from 5 to 7 on Saturday mornings. Going to get into that 2023 football schedule later on, and then, of course, give our picks for the Husker Illini football game this afternoon. But like I said, starting out with volleyball, there was that big match, number one Nebraska at number five Wisconsin earlier this week, and it was a sweep. And just from the get go, things were ugly for Nebraska. Yeah, and so I I I will get into the the learned view. Sure, of, go of this. do it, do but it, do your thing. I want to hear from you, Matt, because you texted me. I did and said, "Hey, how do I watch this match?" And so I let you know, and I I was excited because when we brought you in to help me out with sports, it was particularly with football. Yeah, and, and football is an easier one to follow, especially if you grow up watching football. It's like, okay, I know what's happening with football. Some of the other sports, like volleyball, are a little bit harder to pick up on if you didn't have that experience growing up, especially the way rotations work. who Who is where? What are pin hitters? Who is setting the difference between a 5-1 and a 6-2? All of those different things that can go into it, which can make football complicated, but football is such a bigger sport in our country sure. that we all just kind of pick it up here and there. For volleyball, Saturday, you're watching a top-five match, a national title rematch, so it's high-quality volleyball. It's nothing that's going to be particularly ugly, a couple of bottom-feeder teams. What were your impressions of watching that match in Madison? Well, first, I
2: I, I think it was pretty obvious for me to realize that this was high-level volleyball. Uh, they both seem—both teams seem very coordinated and— um good i i don't know just it just it just seemed like the ball was flowing people knew what they were doing so that was that was cool i was able to recognize that pretty pretty quickly who is the color commentator of that game you told me
1: um emily Eman. she's incredible former former northwestern setter she's been working with the big 10 network for a couple of years awesome she
2: is real and as a sports broadcasting major and someone who announces games does both not volleyball but does both color and Play by play, just you know, basketball, hockey, uh, football. It, it's always nice and easy for me to recognize someone who's really good at their job, and she is really good at her job. And just listening to her made things easier to recognize and watch. And I think both of those announcers knew the audience. They knew that not everyone watching volleyball is really going to understand, you know, volleyball. And knowing that it's a Nebraska-Wisconsin match, there were going to be a ton, a ton of eyes because you know both of those fan bases are ones uh, that you know, passionate volleyball fan bases, right? That that game was gonna be watched by a lot of people. But uh it's I,
1: the most watched volleyball match of the year, by yeah, the way, on
2: TV. So so yeah, first set seemed pretty standard to me. I mean it was just very competitive, Wisconsin one by two. Then at one point Wisconsin gets up, I think it was twenty two to ten or twenty one to it got up big in the second twenty Twenty two to twelve. Twenty two to twelve and then um Light on forced errors from Nebraska and able to make a rally, but it's one of those where it's it's you know they were they did make it in- interesting most definitely towards the end, but he kind of knew that that set was going to go to go to Wisconsin. So I thought Nebraska had the the momentum going into the third set, honestly, from rattling off those those ten points in a row. And that's
1: a common thing I heard from people. Yeah, because I I tweeted out at the time that was a lot of energy burned by Nebraska to get back into that set. Yeah, and a lot of people were saying, yeah, but they've got momentum right now. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, there there is. There's a very fine line between momentum and that part where you go, we were almost there, and then it's a bit of an emotional letdown. And what we saw in the third was how far could you carry that momentum? It was maybe the first five or six points. But then to me it was the emotional letdown of the rest of that set that there was just not a lot left. I I think at the end of the
2: day for me, what I saw when I watched Wisconsin was was when, when Wisconsin killed the ball over the net it seemed like nebraska was scrambling way more than wisconsin was from my very novice view it was it seemed like more times nebraska was just trying to get the ball over the net compared to wisconsin and when at least from a once again was novice volleyball view, so you you correct me when I'm wrong. No, 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 but, you're, you're right. So, but the- but when but when you are just putting the ball over the net, compared to when Wisconsin is just killing the ball over and over and over again, and you know uh, Nicklin Hames and Lexi Rodriguez and Maddie Kubik are like all forced consistently to just dig, 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 dig because Wisconsin's getting so many kills over the net, as opposed to when Nebraska is just kind of just putting the ball over the net because you know we got to keep this point alive. It, over time, right, that's going to lead to points for Wisconsin opposed to to Nebraska. I don't know how you fix it. Typically, as a as a as someone who you know, if this was football or basketball, I would tell you this is what you got to do here and this is what you got to do there and blah blah blah, whatever. I can't tell you, but that's just kind of what I saw.
1: And I appre- and that that's the reason that. I wanted to hear your specific views on watching that. Sure, and I appreciate that. With fresh eyes. So exactly what you're describing is Nebraska was out of system a lot. Okay. Um, And when you're out of system, you're not able to take big swings on the ball. Maddie Kubik thrives out of system, but when you're constantly out of it, there's only so much she can do. Um, Out of system meaning you're not getting a good pass to your setter who can then make a really good pass to someone to take a big swing. Wisconsin, as you were describing, was taking a lot of big swings. They were almost always in system, able to get it directly to their setter and let someone, a pin hitter or a middle, just come unglued. Nebraska was out of system a lot. Nicklin Hames having to dig so much meant you were getting Lexi Rodriguez bump sets uh, a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, Nebraska also just, and, and the reason for being out of system was because of Wisconsin's serve right off the bat. And Wisconsin served tough i talked with uh with john cook earlier this week and they served really tough and that's one of the things that as you go through and figure out what you want to do as a program you want to serve really tough and you want to defend um the serve really really well and that was something that nebraska just didn't do on on wednesday night and that was something that I, ta- I actually talked with John Cook earlier this week um, about what what he learned from his team. And then we get into a couple of other questions. But let's go ahead and listen to that right now. I got a, a conversation I had with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook. Caleb Henry back with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook. And uh, since the last time we talked, had a sweep last weekend and then dropped the first Big Ten match of the season on Wednesday to Wisconsin. So, Coach, uh, up in Madison, what did you learn about your squad facing their first uh, Big Ten loss this year?
3: Well, we, we got punched in the mouth and uh, and. Uh, didn't, didn't respond great. I mean, we did in the second game, we made a great comeback after we got down, but it, Wisconsin played really, really well. And, you know, we got two deuce games and couldn't finish them, which has kind of been the story with them. And uh, so uh, what we got to learn is we got to respond a little quicker and we got to know teams are going to punch us in the mouth and, and uh, handle that a little bit better. And we've been having a lot of success here. Sweeps, and I think we were just kind of waiting around for Wisconsin to maybe give it to us or give us a few points. And they're really good, and, and we're going to have to learn how to take them.
1: I know I asked this a week ago because she'd been playing really well. Well, that. That run of games where Becca Alec is still, at least from a statistical standpoint, hit at a high percentage, got double-digit kills against Wisconsin. Uh, just what what can you say about her development as a freshman stepping into this role and still playing well, regardless of if the opponent is on the bottom half of the Big Ten or top five in the nation?
3: Yeah, she's a competitor and, and um, you know, our senator doing a really good job of getting her in great positions, but she works to get in those positions, and then uh, she finds ways to get kills. And she also blocked really well last night. And uh, she loves she loves these big matches. She's just a she's a born competitor.
1: Well, after such a long run on the road, you guys are back home for these next two. Saturday hosting Maryland, then this next Wednesday starting out November hosting Indiana. What do you expect from these two matches?
3: Well uh we've got you know i I told him i go we got knocked down on the mat we got to get up and now we're going to everybody's going to see how we're going to respond and uh so i'm i'm as curious as everybody else see how this team will bounce back i mean that's you know we've got to find a way to be better through uh some adversity and and kind of getting our butt kicked so uh we got to see how it responds it's a great test for us and uh i'm i'm fired up to, to see
1: what happened. there we go. That was Coach John Cook from earlier this week, a conversation I had with him. Like he said, tonight, Maryland, how is this team going to respond? So uh you can hear that match by the way. Seven thirty is going to be the first serve, seven o'clock pregame. But we're on our sister Ooh. station, B one oh seven three. Seven thirty volleyball tonight? Seven thirty volleyball tonight.
2: That's good. Well I will I will be able I'll be writing uh but that's actually great. It's always smart when they do that in conjunction with The football game. So,
1: what happened was, and you may have missed this earlier in the week. Sure. Previously, this match had been scheduled for seven o'clock. But okay. to give fans a little bit more time, time. between the matches, yeah. they pushed it back to 7.30. That's great.
2: What a day. What a day for some people, going to both football and volleyball. I love that.
1: This is going to be a fantastic day. So Absolutely. You, got, Good we'll for get, those people. We'll get into the Husker football, hosting number 17, Illinois. Oh, who cares? But but <laughs> number 1 Nebraska volleyball, looking to bounce back tonight against Maryland. Yeah. Huskers have never lost to the Terrapins. 17-0 and all time, including earlier this month, had a four-set victory sure. out there on the East Coast. Now you get them at home. Maybe you're a little angry. This is a nice match for Nebraska coming out of coming out of Wisconsin.
2: It's a nice pick me up. Yeah, it's a nice pick me up. This
1: is a good one because you've got a run here where it's not not necessarily the top of the league here for the next few. Before before you get to um, Ohio State, you're going to go on the road, and then obviously that Black Friday run where you're going to get um, Minnesota and Wisconsin both at home right in in the immediacy of post Thanksgiving to close out the season. So you've got a stretch here where you can kind of bounce things back a little bit.
2: A very a very rare, not incredibly tough, big-time stretch.
1: And you're at home. You've been on the road so much recently. It's nice to be at home. So let's get the Bob rocking tonight for Husker Volleyball. Again, you can hear that over on b hundred seven 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 first serve. And I believe it's going to be streamed on BTN Plus tonight. So not, not on your cable subscription, not on TV. Um, just on BTN Plus tonight. Well, let's go ahead and take our break right here. We've got some basketball talk we need to get to because we saw the men. Uh, yes. We saw men's basketball in their exhibition game. Some good, some bad. They'll be back in a charity exhibition tomorrow. Women are getting in action as well. They had their closed scrimmage, but now we get to see them in action at Pinnacle Bank Arena. This is KLIN Husker Hour. It's nine fourteen. Matt McMaster, Caleb Henry. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes here on KLIN. Come.
0: Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Saturday morning here on Voice. Of the Huskers, you're home for the Huskers. That's, that's what a it long is.
2: Long pause, right there. I, well,
1: I was like, wait a minute, what's the thing that's literally written behind me? If you can see on the Facebook feed that Kenny that Kenny Larrabee is running, uh home and away voice of the Huskers. Oh, I've never seen that before.
2: I just know the voice. The voice of Lincoln, 14993 That's us, K. L. N. That's us. Always, do, always have to do a pause between the three. And K L I N. That's Matt McMaster. I'm Caleb call. Henry. Hey, what's
1: up? How we doing? <laughs> Cole Stukenholz, Uh out today, coaching a little soccer action, a little football in the uh, Serie
2: A today. Yeah,
1: we're we're just a, a few weeks out from the World Cup. I know he's pumped for that. I know I'm so his, excited. Uh, I know uh, Mr. Uh, walkoff Waldock is pumped for that as well.
2: <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I'll, I'll I'm explain gra- that to you. Sure, <laughs>
1: sure, <laughs> sure. Um, talking some Husker basketball, both men's and women's. Um, men are on the road tomorrow and they're going to be at Colorado for a charity exhibition game. That was one that last year was played here. So you kind of got a home-and-home home as part of the exhibition season.
2: Yeah, I was—I thought that was funny.
1: If we remember last year, Nebraska looked good. Yeah. Nebraska looked really good against Colorado. And then Colorado looked really good during the season, and Nebraska just didn't. Uh, you had some injuries, had some other stuff happen, but... Man, th- this game could have been a launching point a year ago, and it wasn't. This year, as Nebraska is coming off of, they already had have uh, an exhibition win. You got some kinks out. Let's start there, um, Matt. Were were you able to watch any of the exhibition last? I I was not. I was not able to. Um, so, so and and wait, real quick
2: before I tell you, before I tell you, I did. I did listen to some people and read some things on on what happened in the wait, game. Wait, did and you and do
1: anything last Sunday?
2: I did no, I was here. I was here. I was holding down the fort last Sunday. Yeah, the, People, with the with the
1: wildfires. I, I was I was talking about in the morning.
2: Oh, in the morning. Oh well, no, that was yeah. No, that's a different that's a different story that will air Matt out slept later.
1: In instead of helping us out. With no, wow, wow. Expose <laughs> me. I
2: didn't. Okay, the the word sleep in is a terrible misconception to what happened. Sleep in refer like suggests that I woke up looked at the alarm and goes eh, you know this thing I agreed to help out with I'm not going to because I want to get my sleep that's not what happened I set plenty of alarms they didn't go off once again so sorry to Maria, Maria Hansen. great 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 person who runs promotions. She was, Maria's the best. She's the greatest. She's the greatest. She's okay. one of the best at her job. But the yeah, wait, wait. wait, wait. Yeah. You're, you're calling me out here. No, I didn't I didn't watch the game holding down the fort here uh with the news, but I did I, I heard what happened in red, and they look good defensively. They didn't run too many sets. Rebounding looked really good. I don't watch funny thing is, is I don't watch exhibition exhibition matches because of Colorado. Because I watched last year's Colorado Nebraska game where I'm like, oh my God. Right. Colorado last year made it to the NCAA tournament. There's all this hype about how great, you know, the three point shooting is going to be. And this is Fred Deer. And you got Bryce. And you got Trey. And you got all these guys. And John Rothstein is like, I think you guys can make the tournament. This, then, the other. You you steamroll Colorado. You're like, oh my God. And then everything kind of just fell apart after that. Here's the
1: thing with that, though, is that. It showed you what the ceiling and the could be was with that team. Sure. And they just never they never got to that.
2: Well yeah. It was all off ball movement, in my opinion. I I mean they 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 were just they would just not move off the ball. The ball movement was very low and they didn't do the fundamentals right. They turned the ball over a lot, they didn't rebound correctly. We saw
1: Alonzo Verge play very different in that game versus very the first half of the season. So This year, exhibition game, last week, Nebraska against Shatterin State, kept things very vanilla on offense, didn't shoot the three particularly well, but also didn't really need to, gave up a couple of runs, but fought back, uh, stuck together through adversity, which you should do against a Shatterin State. That's going to be one of these things that in the games that you should be able to hold up if someone hits a couple shots, because guess what? Even the teams that are outside of the power conferences are going to hit some shots, And they're going to go on some runs, so can the team stick together through that? And I think we saw that. It was nice to see Greasel in a Nebraska uniform, because that's the other thing we have to remember. We didn't see this team actually play at opening night. We saw them go through a bunch of drills, and you can gauge how athletic some guys look with that, but it's different once you get into a game, and there's someone with a a different colored jersey on the other side trying to physically stop them. Um, it's nice to see the size that Nebraska has inside. I'm hoping we can keep that. Um, Wilhelm, obviously, you're going to want him to take some threes, but there were a couple that were forced. I want You want Kasey to come in and knock down some shots. He hit a jumper, um, about a 15-footer, which was nice to see, but got to find a way. And that, that's part of them not running a whole lot of offensive sets to get guys open. Um, and then you saw Juwan Gary come off the bench, 23 points, led the team in, in points and rebounds. And that's going to be a guy that I wonder how much it's a plug-and-play him into the offensive lineup as the season goes, or if he really dedicates himself to being that first guy off the bench, because it's not about who starts, it's about who finishes. They
2: they need that, and when you look at 1-5, through five, you go with Wiltshire, Greasel, fav, um, Favors, or um, walk, sorry, Walker, sorry, Walker. You're thinking
1: Derek Favors. I
2: think of, wait, here's the thing, Derek, Derek Walker... Is the third Derek I think of in terms of basketball. Favors is one. <laughs> Two is Derek Pardon. Do you remember Derek Pardon from Northwestern? He was incredible. So Derek, they're, they're all, but they're all the same. They're like just big power forwards thank who you, are thank really you good at. Deep cut yeah, Northwestern. You're, you're welcome. But anyway, Derek Walker, great player. Love him. Derek Walker, Breidenbach, Greasel, Bandumel, Wiltshire, right? Those yeah. are pretty, five pretty solid players. But past that, Go past that, right? Who's who are who's running that set with eight minutes to go in the first half, right? Mm-hmm. Who's running those sets with thirteen minutes to go, you know, thirteen to six minutes right before that that kind of that weird before crunch time window in the second half yeah. to kind of keep everything afloat? That's the biggest question, I think, for Nebraska basketball. Okay, first ten minutes of a game and the last Six seven minutes of a game can you can you be com- you, they're going to be competitive because I have those guys everything in between though when you have to cycle players in and out get the right matchups at one point put a full second unit out there who is going out for you and, are, and who's gonna who's gonna keep the boat floating who's who's gonna keep it up on offense because they've taken this identity and I like this identity of defense rebounding you know causing turnovers. Uh, taking charges, being this gritty team. That's good and great, but offense is a part of it. And off the bench, I really don't see anyone right now. And, I, you know, Gary was great off the bench, 23 points against Shadron State. So take that how you will. Someone's going to have to step up. If they're going to be very competitive, someone's going to have to step up off that bench and keep everything moving when the starters aren't on the floor.
1: Yeah, I think Juwan Gary is going to be that guy, gonna be that energy off the bench. I also wanna see more when we get to that game tomorrow. Can we get more of Oleg Koyanets, Who's coming? Really big guy. Can we keep Blaze Kita on the floor? Had four fouls and very limited action against a Shattering State team. That feels like something you do when like you're simming a video game where you've very much overmatched an opponent. Yeah. So then you just rack up a bunch of fouls, because Kita, Keita, very good Juco guy who came in. I'm expecting him to, at times, depending on the, the health of Derek Walker, maybe Keita gets some start at the five. Maybe, and there, Maybe. And there's one of those things that as you go over the course of the year you know you're going to get injuries at times who are going to be those guys who can step in. Yeah. I really like I liked Blaze Keita when we did see him at opening night. Lo- Love the way his body his body moves, what he's able to do in the post from what we've seen with video. I'm hoping he can take that next step at this level and I think if, once you go Gary and Keita that gives you a, a wing and some outside scoring and key to, to move around and, and push some guys inside. Now, women's basketball hosting Washburn tomorrow. The Ichabod's Division Two from the MIAA. That includes the University of Nebraska at Kearney, our friends in central Nebraska. I don't expect this to be a game for more than two minutes. Washburn is picked. 10th. I think that's a little disrespectful. Washburn is picked to finish tenth in their league <laughs> in division. Now, MiAA is a very good uh, league, sure. for several sports. Um, for a lot of sports, they are what would be considered the SEC of division. Two. Really, no joke. Really, like, not. Even I had no clue. You. Um volleyball extremely good. What what's the division again? The, MIAA. MIAA. The Mid-America Intercollegiate Athletic Association. <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: Thanks for the deep dive. I
1: am utilizing all of my skills from having Sure. Carney. sure. So you go through there in women's <laughs> basketball. The yeah. Huskers are preseason number 22. They are. So you add that with a team that is Division two picked to finish, tenth in their league as good as that no league is, I know I know what you 're saying I know what you 're saying. You bring back all big Ten Jazz Shelley and Alexis Markowski, and I expect Alexis Markowski to be first team this year you 've also got Izzy Bourne, who feels like she 's just been here forever, even if she doesn 't get all those same like top of the team accolades. She is one that you have to have on the floor as much as possible. You've added your transfers. You've added your freshmen. Um, you did lose Sam Hybe, but I don't think that lowers your ceiling a whole lot. So if we're talking just the exhibition game tomorrow, Nebraska's going to come out clean. It's a 1 o'clock start. You can hear it over on our friends B107-3. After two minutes, this game should be done. I, yeah,
2: I sure. And, and you're absolutely right. Um, look, I'm just looking at this nebraska basketball team women's team they're going to be really good i mean they're gonna be they're gonna be very very good and they're overall too it's it's not like they're like overly old either it's no. it's mainly like juniors and sophomores, so this is a team that you know husker fans can invest in really follow their season really really a team that they really can be proud of and 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 go to their go to their games actually go to their games because women's basketball games are a ton of fun i've been to plenty of them great time um, pba you know, they sell beer now,
1: so you can yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that's I, the other I, thing. You, exactly. So so if you go to the women's game tomorrow, you can grab a beverage. G- well, grab I a think-
2: beverage, have a good time, watch a good team. A team that's probably going to be together again next year. That That is going to, you know, they already made the tournament last year, looking to keep that momentum. Yeah, I mean, will it be a game? Probably not. But,
1: but it's an exhibition. It's this an is exhibition. You it's a celebration. It's
2: a celebration.
1: And the other thing is, without Sam Hybe, who knows, maybe she gets a medical redshirt and she comes back next year and sure. we're like, wow, you've been playing for a decade. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest question for this year, we know Alexis Markowski. We saw what she did as a freshman and the jump she was able to take. Late in the year, you got Allison Widener, another true freshman last year who started to get a lot more run? step into the starting lineup, with that left hand driving and slashing like Manu Ginobili-style into the paint. Yeah. She just finds a way to get the ball to the rim for, for a guard and finds a way to score, finds a way to get the ball to open teammates. What is that next step for her? Freshman to sophomore year, you hear that? The biggest jump comes from Game 1 to Game 2, Year 1 to Year 2. What is that jump for Allison Widener this year? When she does need to take a bigger role, when the team does have bigger expectations, that's that's really what I'm looking to see when uh, as this season goes on and it gets started with that exhibition game tomorrow, one o'clock, B one hundred seven three, Pinnacle Bank Arena. I'm sure there are some tickets still available. Go hit that up, and then you can watch men's basketball later in the day at Colorado in that charity exhibition. Well, when we come back, we'll be talking with Mike He's Going to talk some Husker and Illinois football. And he's from right there in Illinois. He's got the inside look. We're going to talk that maybe a little bit around the Big Ten as well. This is Husker Hour. I'm Caleb Henry. That's Matt McMaster back in a couple minutes here on KLI.
0: Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 41. Jeep is a registered trademark. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
1: The way you've always dreamed of it. At Carpets Direct, your dream floor is our job.
3: With so much to consider and so many ways to accent your home, the Carpets Direct team is here to lead the way with carpets so tempting, you won't be able to resist.
0: Feel free to dream big at Carpets Direct, 48th and Highway 2, in Lincoln and online at carpetsdirectne.com. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Caleb Henry, Matt McMaster rolling along with you on a Saturday morning game day. Cole Stukenholtz out coaching a little bit of soccer. Not paying any attention to soccer this morning. We're talking football, not football. Nebraska hosting number 17 Illinois and here from Big Sports Radio which you can hear from 5 to 7 in the mornings every Saturday here on KLIN as well as the Line guys it's Mike Kegley Mike thanks for joining us here on a Saturday morning game day
4: hey I appreciate it this is uh this is a big deal getting to to play in front of uh, that crazy Nebraska crowd um the Line better have it strapped on cuz uh this this Nebraska team is playing much better than they were let's say earlier in the season when <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of weird things were happening.
1: Yeah, weird things. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, I think that's the nicest way to yeah. describe
2: it. Honestly,
1: uh, well, looking at this uh, this Illini team, Mike, they do have the the loss to Indiana where things got weird and and it was a uh, it was late in the game and they had a couple receivers go for over a hundred. But outside of that, this Illinois defense really hasn't allowed anything. What, what have you guys been seeing on the evolution with with Brett Bielema as the head man and in the defense for the Illini?
4: Well, the defense under Ryan Walters has been really, if you were to take a look and and start uh, after the Virginia game last season when they had their come to Jesus, this team has been very well coached and they've gotten great results from the defense um, since that time. This team is really good at stopping the run, <clears throat> And they've also been excellent at dialing up the right blitzes at the right time to put pressure on quarterbacks on passing downs. They had obviously the, they had the uh, uh, end of the game issues against Indiana, but people focus on the fact you know oh it was last drive, but you know Illinois had three turnovers. Um, they had I don't know eight or ten penalties. They basically did multiple things that put everything on the defense, and the defense definitely had a bad drive. Um, but but right now, I would say if you look at it on paper, Illinois has to feel confident coming into this game. But without Scott Frost, um, all of a sudden, the Huskers are playing more like what people expected they would. So I, I think it's, it's hard to give Nebraska it's, – it's hard to call them – um, what their their record is right now, you know, they're better than a three and four team. I think, Mike.
2: You know, a lot has been made about Chase Brown and and you know the the season that he's had thus far, and, and people have you know he, he definitely a candidate for for Big Ten Player of the Year. Watching him up close, what do you think makes him so special and so different from you know the pack?
4: He does a couple things. I think he's got very good vision. He he will make the right cut. Um and the other thing is, you know, despite the fact that he's not a two hundred and forty pound back, you know, he gets more yards after the first contact than just about anybody in the country. And and so that has been what makes me think he'll actually be a pretty good back in the NFL. Um and, and I think it's that resiliency to to take that first hit and force a second guy to bring you down. And and if your line can pop you out. You know, and get you a little bit of space, and your first hit's five yards from the line of scrimmage, and then you get your second hit. You know, yeah. Let's say it's seven. Well, that's a pretty good run.
1: Can he keep up that pace, though? because uh, oh. uh, you're looking through going going to the Big Ten, and yeah, it, we're we're what a month away from the end of the season. If someone's getting 15 carries a game, it seems like they're getting beat up. Sure.
4: Yeah, I I agree. There's a lot of um, Illini fans and even the coaching staff has said they don't want to give him the ball uh, too many times, but you obviously also have to get W's. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the Illini fans look at this and they say, you know, on paper, three of the four best defenses they're going to play, they just played in the last three weeks mm-hmm. with Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. And so they're hoping that maybe, you know, it's it's not quite so bad, you know, uh, going down the stretch, except for a highly ranked Michigan defense. Um, but, you know, Josh McRae is supposedly going to play this weekend. And I will tell you, he was a very special back as a freshman at 235 pounds. He has he, he's definitely not a guy who's going to out shifty anybody. But he will put the shoulder down and he will hit people. And it would be nice to have... Brett Bielema's thunder and lightning happen <laughs> yeah. in Illinois, like it did in Wisconsin. I
2: was gonna, I, Mike. You beat me right to it. Josh McCray, supposed to play today. Had about five yards of carry last year. I, I watched him a couple times. Very good back, and like having that, having that dynamic, right? Of of having a you know just two running backs who both can just pound the balls is is so so useful, especially in the Big Ten. Mike, you know Illinois hasn't really been in this position a lot over the last decade, being highly ranked, highly touted. At, you know, at this point, the favorite to win the Big Ten West and, and go to Indianapolis and play in that Big Ten championship game. is What would you say the feeling is going into this game? Is it more of a, oh, we're a really good matchup against Nebraska and, and we're having a great season and they're not, we should roll them? Or is there a little bit of... of Skepticism and nervousness, considering you know Illinois hasn't been on the stage going into Memorial Stadium at all, you know, in in a very long time.
4: A very long time is kind, (laughs) because realistically speaking, I'm 55. The last time Illinois was this good in football, at least on paper, you know, you've got two years that pop out: 2001 and 2007. But the last time they were able to consistently do this. Was from 1983 to 1992. In that time stretch, they beat Ohio State, you know, like they had a four year streak against Ohio State. But Illinois hasn't been relevant on a year to year basis for decades. So, Illini sports fans, they have uh, Illini football PTSD. Yeah. So, Illini football fans can be nervous if the door slams loudly behind them. So, going to Nebraska in Memorial Stadium with its—I don't know—2,000th in a row sellout. Um, this is uh, this is some this is something that Illini fans they they're they're hopeful but scared because Nebraska is a big-time program. Um, they're in front of a crowd that knows how to ch- take over a game. And Illinois can't afford a slow start, uh, not not on the road against Nebraska.
1: We're talking with Mike Hegley, Illini guys, and Big Sports Radio here on KLIN Husker Hour about the Nebraska Illinois football game this afternoon, two thirty kickoff, and you can hear that pregame starting at ten thirty, and just over, a little under an hour here on fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLI. Mike, let's look at the game today. Uh, we'll look at both sides of the ball first on offense for the Illini. Possibly getting that thunder lightning look. How, how is this team going to attack Nebraska's defense this afternoon?
4: I, I think what they're going to do is try to mix it up the way they've been doing. You know, they're, they're obviously a Brett Bielema team, so they like to run the ball. But the interesting thing is early in the game, they'll go 50 50 on their play calling. Mm. And what he likes to do then is stack up the run at the end of the game with <laughs> a lead. Yeah. So I think what you'll see is, is, is they do. Usually try to do the old fashioned use the run to set up the pass. <clears throat> I think they'd like to see the interior part of their line, which has really improved over the season, knock some holes and, and get the run game going up the middle. And I think once that happens, then their play action and, and those things start coming, um, becoming much more effective. Um, but you will see them. They will do some, some RPO and they will also do uh they'll they'll take different drives and they'll speed up the the game by not huddling uh and and they'll keep that variance going to try to keep Nebraska off balance and um i think they'll also look you know fresh a, a freshman cornerback who does get turnovers uh but i think there's also opportunity to go after him as well um and then you 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 put your chips on the table and and you still determine if chase brown has a good game you have to feel like you have an opportunity to win
1: well mike i gotta tell you that play action pass game scares me as a husker fan because of coming into this game knowing what the defense is going to have to key in on on that run game how much of this defense who's been banged up and has a bunch of backups playing across the board several positions are they going to stay disciplined enough i don't know that today Uh, by the way speaking of illinois run game Keep an eye on our Fantasy Huskers picks this week. We asked asked qualifiers how many yards Illinois would run for, um, and whoever gets closest to that wins a $100 prize pack from our friends at Valentino's and Alumni Hall. We had picks as low as 98 yards okay, and as high as 555 yards. Jeez. Jeez, one of those outcomes is pro- probably a Nebraska.
2: Somewhere win. in between, I think it was one of those outcomes
1: is we are all over Sports Center for yeah. the next couple of weeks. Uh, real quick, Matt, the defensive side of the ball, Mike, yeah. w- Trey Palmer was just it was bomb the ball guy. That, that's what you got done against Purdue. How is Illinois going to defend him? in a much better way than Purdue ever attempted to sure. in that last yeah. game out.
4: Sure. <laughs> well, well Illinois got some good cornerbacks, you know, especially like Devin Witherspoon. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I get a kind of a laugh, but there was a mock draft that had him number 10. Um I mm-hmm. thought that was crazy. But nonetheless, you got a good cornerback. They're going to bracket him over the top with a safety and and I I think Brett Bielma working with um Bill Belichick I'm interested to see if he's going to try the Bill Belichick of, I know you want to get this guy the ball, and I'm going to take him away. I wonder if they're going to attempt that today. I think the big issue will be, can the defensive line control the line of scrimmage against the Huskers? If the defensive line can do that, then Casey Thompson, you know, any quarterback, it's hard to throw when when you have guys in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Illinois needs to do that to, to, they, to stop. You know, to not let him get comfortable because I think if he gets comfortable in the pocket, um, he's proven that he can get yards and touchdowns.
1: We know Nebraska's run game's going; it's been hit and miss all year on whether or not they can get stuff to Anthony Grant. But uh, for Illinois, how have they done defending the the tight ends through the pass game? Because that's something here in Nebraska we've wanted to use the tight end a lot more. Travis Vokalek started out really good against Northwestern, then he's out of necessity, and also he's been hurt. He's been needed to stay in and block more. If you take away Trey Palmer or someone on the outside, does Illinois also defend the tight end very well, or what have you seen over the course of the year?
4: They struggled against Iowa's tight end. Um, Everyone struggles against Iowa's yeah. tight end. That's their only yeah, that's, risk- that's, <laughs> that was the, Of course, that was the only guy on the Iowa offense. He's got to be wondering, like, what happened? To, what did I do wrong in life? Because um, he's basically the only, you know, he's... You know, he he's a giant amongst uh smaller people. I'll just leave it at that. But but um and Minnesota with the six seven guy whose name is now escaping me, he did have a couple of nice uh receptions against Illinois. I would say that again, if I'm Illinois and if you are if you're keeping the ball away from Trey Palmer, I will let the tight end do as much damage as he can. Yeah. And be very thankful because, (laughs) from what I've seen of Trey Palmer, that is a a guy that every time he touches the ball, it's problematic for the defense. So I I I would say, let's you know, if if you're going to try to let Nebraska move the ball, let's force them to move it using the tight end.
1: Nothing against Travis Vokalek, but he's losing a foot race to Trey Palmer. He is. (laughs) I would think so. so. (laughs) Hey,
2: Mike, I'll I'll give you a little bit of a a different question here. If you're Nebraska. How do you attack this Illinois defense from from your eyes? How would how would you go about trying to beat Sidney Brown and Witherspoon and, and and Smith and these guys up front?
4: You know, I, I think the key to me is, is if you're you've got a line eye defense, that's pretty quick. They fill the gaps. Well, um, I like I, and I know it's old fashioned, but I think you got to do quick hitting run plays. I think if you're going to try the RPO that allows a second for the quarterback to read, um, that can get you into trouble against this team. Um, And the other thing is, is they do they have had a couple of, of times where they've given up, you know, decent sized plays on misdirection. Uh, the other thing that they could do is get Mo Ibrahim and have him come down and play because that was <laughs> the, that was the best tailback, um, that Illinois has played against this year. And it was clear, you know, he was, he was a handful to, mm-hmm. to keep down. Um, and Minnesota had a big offensive line that they were running behind. So I, I think right now Illinois has a, a very strong defense. It doesn't have the depth that you would see from a Michigan or Ohio State or even a Minnesota or Iowa right now. But um, from a from a starting standpoint, they're pretty tough.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, we're looking forward to this game again. In just under an hour, you're going to get pregame for Nebraska-Illinois kickoff set for 230. That's Mike Kegley from Illini Guys and Big Sports Radio. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for joining us, helping us break down this game. We'll talk again soon, all right? Love having you guys on on Radio.
4: All right, we love being on the radio, and I, I'm really disappointed that I can't win some pizza from Valentino's. Hey, you get oh. you get up here, we'll take you to Valentino's. You know what? That, that That's a bet that uh, I will I, I will take. I will love to go to Valentino's. <laughs> I've heard it's good. It's fantastic.
1: Also, thank you to our friends at Alumni Hall. Big Ten Conference release 2023 schedules. We'll go dive into that next here on the KLIN Husker Hour. .edu. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond.
0: This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3
1: KLIN. Our thanks to Mike Kegley from Illini Guys and Big Sports Radio helping us break down the Nebraska-Illinois football game today from the Illini side. You can hear him and... The rest of the guys from Big Sports Radio here every Saturday morning from 5 to 7 a.m. going around the Big Ten, breaking things down. Not just football, but several sports as well. And they also have their Big Sports Radio Minute you hear throughout the week right here on and ninety-nine three KLIN. Caleb Henry, Matt McMaster, Kenny Larabee all in studio. Cole, Stuk- Cole Stukenholtz out this week. Big Ten Conference released their 2023 football schedules earlier this week. No real change on the front end, but you do get some, there's some other scheduling things that got changed up because you do have USC and UCLA joining in 2024. Nebraska doesn't have the gauntlet of Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State over a four-week schedule, or over a four-week stretch with two of those being on the road. So that's out. 2024, everything will reset. We'll see what they do with divisions, but in the last year of having what we know right now for the last several years as the East and the West and the Big Ten Conference. We have that slate. Now, Nebraska's crossovers for next year, you host Michigan, you host Maryland, and you go to Michigan State. The schedule as a whole, I'll go straight down through it. Give it to me. You start out at Minnesota on a Thursday, and that's because of their state fair. Their first game of the year, if they're at home, is always on a Thursday there with the Minnesota State Fair. Next week, you go to Colorado before your home opener. September 16th, hosting Northern Illinois, then host Louisiana Tech, then host Michigan. Head on the road at Illinois October 14th, you're off on the 21st, hosting Northwestern, then hosting Purdue. Go to Michigan State to start out November on the 4th, host Maryland at Wisconsin, and then hosting Iowa on Black Friday. So first, what's been the major reaction to this? The first reaction for a lot of folks was, you're away from Lincoln for two games. You're you People don't like, one, starting out with a conference game, and then two, starting out with two Power 5 games on the road. Whether it is Mickey Joseph or a new head coach, that's not the easiest start to a year. It's This is... It's it's weird because when you look at the
2: schedule at face value, I think you could say, meh. It's not not terrible. It's not a terrible schedule. It's not terribly tough, right? You know, mm-hmm. Maryland, Northwestern, Illinois not not necessarily the the you know the world world eaters of of the Big Ten. And then you got you know Purdue and Wisconsin and Iowa. Wisconsin going through a little bit of turmoil. Iowa. I, I don't know if that offense will ever be functional. Enough they might have a
1: new head coach. They next might. Year. They
2: might. So there's a lot of a lot of different things going on. But yeah, when you look at the format of the schedule, very different. Not easy. Not easy. Now, I I, I think. Maybe it's overblown. A li- in my opinion, the reaction mm-hmm. was a little bit overblown to the whole. Oh my God, we're going to be on the road. For the- you know, you're not the only. You're not the only team that that's going to be on the road. You know, here's the what start I like about being on
1: the road for these two. Go ahead. You're not going to Atlanta. No, you're not going to Dublin. Although that became like a travel trip, a lot of sure. people still went out. Sure. there. Sure, you're not going out. To- close to home. You're not going out to Seattle. Yeah, you are going to Minnesota. You're going to get a bunch of Husker fans there. We remember yeah. back in twenty. Tor- uh, uh, we remember last year. You got a lot of fans there. Yeah, The game didn't go as well as you wanted, but you got a lot of fans there. And then you're going to Colorado next year. Guess what? You're going to get a bunch of Husker fans at Boulder. So although you're starting out with two games on the road, these are two travel-friendly venues that you're going to get to before you come home. And by the way, when you're at home, you will have a seven-Saturday stretch, including the bye week, seven-Saturday stretch where you leave Lincoln once. Yeah, I, I, that, that to I, me, although you you have that front end, you're on the road to Power Five, seven Saturdays in a row where you only leave for a game at Illinois, that's very favorable to throw into the middle of your schedule.
2: I think, too, with the the concession of, oh, we're, we're playing you know two important games early in the season, we may not be at our best, you know, because you're, mm-hmm. you, you know, so are the other teams, right? They, they're trying to figure stuff out, too. So to to say that oh we're you know we're the only team that's not going to be in mid-season form when you play these first two weeks no like they're going to they're going to be rusty too you're going to be rusty as well look at some point you're going to have to play road games is it the best that it ended up being to begin the season you know power five opponents back to back probably not but you get them out of the way you see where you're at they're not. It's not like you're going on the road to play Ohio State, and then you're going to Tuscaloosa, right? right. You're going to Minnesota and Colorado. I mean, Colorado's going to have a new coach. Minnesota is is honestly tapering off right now in their season. As you we're know, we're
1: going to figure out what a Minnesota team looks like exactly. without Tanner Morgan so, at the helm, without Mo Ibrahim.
2: So, so you'll see. You'll Colorado's
1: see. one of the worst teams in the country this yeah. year. Yeah.
2: So it's it's you know. Pump the brakes a little. Pump the brakes <laughs> is what I would say. I'd be like, "Look, is it the best draw? Absolutely not. Is there some anger to be thrown at a Kevin Warren because you're starting the season off with another Big Ten game on? You know, in on the road? Sure, absolutely fine. Get your grievances. But is it going to wreck the season? No. And I'm not saying that people were saying that, but I think I think the reaction was a little bit overblown. Um, I think they'll be okay. I think they're going to be fine. It's it's you know, it's football beginning of the season, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen yeah. because Northwestern beats you and then they lose six games in a row and now there's actually talk of Pat Fitzgerald being on the hot seat after week <laughs> one, you know, after he won week one. Right. A, a conversation I thought would never happen especially after that that win in Ireland. So you don't know. You got to get know. a
1: new got to get a new
2: coach for that new stadium. I would be more frustrated as a Husker fan if I had three road games back to back to back to back, you know, in the middle of the season. Or if I had to, I had this this massive road slate, you know, right in the middle, because that's that's really tough to deal with. To just get them out of the way, and like you said, seven weeks, you're going. At, funny enough, you're going to Illinois that one week where you're not in Lincoln. That's to Illinois, um, which isn't that terrible. And that's of not a bad trip. trip no, at all. Here's the other so, thing
1: I like about the beginning of the schedule. Give it to me. Because you're starting at Minnesota and it's a Thursday, you have two extra days between week 1 and week 2. Yeah. Get healed up, time, get out to time boulder. Time to
2: prepare. Yeah, absolutely. You
1: can see that full schedule klin.com. Getting fit in our last break when we come back our picks for the game today and yes, we got a text from Cole Stukenholz. What does he say is going to happen with the game? Always Mr. Pessimistic. You can probably guess where that's going to go. It's 9.55 Husker Hour returns here in just a couple minutes. Um, Talking with current
0: and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red, this is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Last minute here for this Saturday as we get you ready for Nebraska and Illinois pregame coming up here in 30 minutes. Kickoff set for 2.30. Also, volleyball tonight on B107.3. That at 7.30. Tomorrow, women's basketball on B at 1. Men's basketball at 5 here on KLIN. Cole Stukenholtz says, uh, Illinois 31, Nebraska 27. Can I give
2: two? Go ahead. Okay. This game's going either one of two ways. It's going to be a 17-14 Nebraska win, or it's going to be a 52-3 Illinois a victory. Oh, yeah, I, I, I either see it as a slug amount. out, Everything goes right for the Huskers. They
1: win it real close, or Illinois just beats the brakes off of them. Take the over on the three there, by the way. I said Illinois gets the victory 34-28. Let's see it happen, though. Let's go to Nebraska. That game coming up here, pregame in 30 minutes here on KLI.